This is A Sound Purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Episode 11, the definitive top 10 live albums of all time. All right, you are back with The Sound Purchase. Well, we had quite a lot of fun last time, didn't we, discussing the top 10 cover songs. We had a lot of fun discussing liked the top the, liked that format, and I've gone to listen to a lot of Weezer since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I nearly bought the, the Blue Album yesterday. You need, oh, right, okay. It was on special on Amazon. Surprised you didn't have it already. Speaking of Bezos and feeding him money, <laughs> <laughs> it was something like £15 on Amazon. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad for a 26-year-old album. Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, I thought I you already had it. it. No, and then I saw the most magnificent of all magnificence, all killer, no filler. <laughs> Ten pounds, eighteen pounds. Ooh, still great album. Still great, incredible album. album. Yeah, must have a. Um, in Luke had all killer, no filler on CD. He never used mm. to let me listen to it. Oh, really? He never let me listen to his stuff or any of his games. No. Oh. But I did have a Does This, Inf- Does this-, Does this Look Infected tour shirt. Oh. That was pretty cool. How did you get that? Um, bought it from, uh, it wasn't official. It was from like one legged oh. jockey or somewhere like that in Chichester. Oh, okay. Yeah, they used to just do what I'm fairly confident was just knock off merch. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. may have been official. No, I don't. I don't know, but it probably was. We wasn't. had stores like that. They had a lot of. A lot of band hoodies and stuff. Yeah, so I had yeah. like a corn one, like a follow the leader. Mm-hmm. I had like the girl doing the mm-hmm. doing the um, hopscotch by yeah. on the cliff edge, and uh, got some cool Nirvana ones from there, stuff like that. And yeah, it does infect. Does this look infected? Tour shirt. I uh, yeah. Does this look infected? That came out. What's that? The album after All Killer. Yeah, yeah. They sort of dropped off after All Killer. They had like one or two singles that did all right. Obviously, the Spider Man one. Uh, not the Chad Kroger one, obviously. All about. Yeah. yeah. No, so we, I got Does This Look Infected. I think my grandma brought it for me. Nice. Because <laughs> um, we, were, we were at like the warehouse, was basically like the Tesco of New Zealand. We were there and she's like, oh, your birthday's coming up or Christmas or something. What do you want? I went, I really want this. And she looked at the cover and was like, oh, my Does God. Does the cover the same as the, the bloke with the gash yeah, in yeah, his head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the zombie. And she's like, oh, my God, and called over my granddad, Nigel. Nigel, come have a look at this. <laughs> this is what he wants for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you sure, son? Are you, are you sure that that's what you want to get? Yeah, granddad. Yeah. They were my favorite band at the time. Oh, they were a great band. Yeah. They were everyone's favourite band. I think my uncle day. brought me Half Hour of Power. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I've, I've got Half Hour of Power, All Killer No Filler, and Does This Look Infected on CD. Oh, that's all you need. Yeah, that was a they great Christmas. Other... <laughs> I got them all for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> or my birthday, one or the other. What was yeah. Half Hour of Power? It's so long since I listened to some 41. Um... Oh, I can't remember what was on there. It was a good album. I remember it being a good it's album. Either Pain for Pleasure or the other one. Pain for Pleasure was on All Killer No Filler. Then they did another, another like metal one with the drummer singing. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, probably Pain for Pleasure too. Well, Half Hour Powers first. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah. We digress. Uh, we we digress. enjoyed talking about covers. 
So we decided that we wanted to do another top 10 episode. We quite like the format of it. This time we've gone for top 10 live albums. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, as as you know, dear listener, like to like to give myself a lot of boundaries, like to make things really hard for myself. So I've given myself two caveats this time. The first being that I chose albums that are, oh, I chose the live albums that are like the top album of that band, the, the album that that band or artist is known for, but then also uh, live albums that are not associated with a like a DVD or VHS release or mm. like a video release. So that ruled out basically all of Peter Gabriel's stuff, which <laughs> would have been my top five. Just all Peter Gabriel. Every Peter yeah, Gabriel, yeah. but because they were they were actually like almost soundtracks to films or soundtracks to concerts, and mm. same was Stop Making Sense. Yeah. Uh, so those sorts of things I ruled out because I was probably more taken with the visual aspect of it as much as I was the music. Yeah, it's a key part of the yeah of the performance. So all of my picks are purely. Our rule, purely for the music. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Are they all just rocking Rios? No. Oh, and there's no Rush on this list either. Oh, I know, because Rush, for me, you don't top, like, Permanent Waves, Moving Pictures. The, the studio albums are incredible. And mm. somehow, I mean, I never got to see them live. Biggest regret of my life. Mm. Because they came to London, like, two thousand and. 2014 or something. I remember you saying about it, at and the time, I wasn't so. wasn't into them at all. No, at I thought you point. were. No, I only got into them recently. Who was I speaking to about it? Then? Someone I know who wanted to go up to that and didn't. No, no. Who do I know who likes Rush? Well, me now. Well, you. Yeah, but anyway, I've met Geddy Lee. Yeah, that when he was doing his uh, the, book on basses. Yeah, the, be- big, the beautiful, big, the beautiful general? book of bass. Yeah, yeah. Did you buy that? Uh, oh, I was oh, yeah, part of, part yeah, of the yeah. meeting and he signed it. Yeah. Pretty very cool. Nice. But it, the Rush fan base are quite intimidating. They're lovely. But it's very much like, oh, I love this deep cut, that deep cut, and I'm just not quite there yet. It's all just Krieger. Huh? It's all just Krieger. Krieger. <laughs> <laughs> I've not given myself your limitations for, um, mainly being because I've got no internet again. Uh Still, it's an ongoing thing. Mm, one day, one day, I hope to have internet again, uh, or at the very least, enough signal in my new flat to be able to get onto the internet on my phone. Um, You've got lead paint or something. That in was here. that was an oversight on my part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was bad uh, enough that when you're waiting to move out, your internet got cancelled. Yeah, at and least you had like a, a week of no internet there. At least I had like full 4G on my phone yeah. and like 90 gigabytes of data. So it's like there was no risk of running out. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, this, is, this has been painful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like in the middle of, a, middle of uh, well, we're not in lockdown, but don't really want to be going out too much. No. And, um, yeah. Fortunately, I say I've got a massive collection of DVDs. Nice DVD collection. And a lot of like console games that I can play through, so... Yeah, it's been all right, but it does make doing anything for this hard. Pretty tough. So I've given myself no limitations on what I can do. Okay, uh, and so I'm going to start with uh, one you've mentioned. Stop making sense. Stop making sense. Because you can't mention good live shows without that sort of spring into your mind, can you? Because 
it is almost more like an art performance, you know, yeah. or like a theatre piece or something like mm. that with, mm. with the way it's all laid out with him just coming out with his little boombox boom box and it's like... Yeah. You know, um, I remember being a bit like, that's not right. When I first saw it and being like... Where's the boom, 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 boom? But obviously, it was, I, it was amazing. I, he had the suit. Uh, I had the uh, the opposite reaction. Oh, because you saw that first. Stop making sense was the first Talking Heads album I ever had. A family friend brought it for me. He was a Vietnam veteran. All right. Yeah, yeah. For, from the New Zealand Army. He was a bit loopy, as you could imagine. And he. But he, no, there was Kiwis in New he, Zealand. Oh, in New Zealand. In New Zealand. In, in, in Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. And in New Zealand. Yeah, and you in say. New Zealand. He was a Vietnam huh. veteran, but he he introduced me to The Who. He introduced me to Fleetwood Mac, and he brought me Stop Making Sense. Nice. Uh, nice. Which was Top guy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... The first time I'd ever heard Psycho Killer was that version. Then I heard the band version. I was like, oh, this is a bit <laughs> flat. I didn't like the band version. I still don't no. really like the band version. No? Like, um, it's, it's a bit slow, but once again, I think it's just one of those iconic, simple bass lines. Yeah. You know, which I'm all about, iconic, simple bass lines. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's one of those one of those things, isn't it? You, the version you hear first is what is what you like. Mm-hmm. You know? That's why more often than not, the fa- when we talk about albums, the favorite song I have on that album is usually the one that I heard first from that album. Yeah, you know? uh, looking at Ocean Man, looking at Solid Air, looking at um, something like Back to Black. Uh, and obviously white limo. Okay, so stop making sense. Stop making sense. Pretty iconic. Pretty iconic. Kind of as well my first kind of uh, and this is this is a negative but my first kind of insight into oh David Burns a bit of a dick, isn't he? <laughs> because he doesn't like oh we're going to do some Tom Tom club stuff. It's like all right, I'm off then. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, come on, David. He's just take part. Yeah, you know? like do some percussion or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I went through a big phase of this album. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people do. Yeah. It's, it's a great album, hence why it's on my list of best live albums. Yeah, this is true. Um, and again, like we're talking about the first, this was my first... First time hearing the... You may ask yourself, what's that song? Oh, um, Once in a Lifetime. Once in a Lifetime. This is my first time hearing Once in a Lifetime. Once in a Lifetime is, I think... One of those songs where it's massively enhanced by the uh, the video. <laughs> yeah, it's great song, great song. Oh, it's but you great. see the video of it, and but once I again think, with the suit. 
Yeah, <laughs> but the the live version is really good. Yeah, they yeah. they really cooked that up. Like, yeah. yeah, that live band was super tight. Yeah, no. Adrian Ballou, though. No Adrian Ballou. I think he just left at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. To do other. I think it was Crimson or Probably. Bowie. Both. One or the other, yeah. Crimson and Bowie. Yep. On the famous, uh, now famous Crimson Bowie tour. Mm. Um, it should have happened. I got, happened. I got um, <laughs> Let's not. Dance the other day as well. Sorry. Great album, Let's Dance. Got that on vinyl. What you said, just dance for a moment. Just it? dance, the Bowie edition. <laughs> They're pretty good. I don't know. Just dancing in the street. Oh, <laughs> have yeah. you seen Dancing in the Street but without the music? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can hear like this <laughs> this shoe scuffing. Yeah. Oh, Once in a Lifetime is a fantastic track on that record. Life during yeah. wartime as uh, again much it's... better than the studio version in my eyes. Um. The one that always upset me was what a what a day it was, because I could never find any. Tabs. Oh, for it. For it, and I love the guitar playing in there. I think it's really cool. Use your ears, man. Yeah, but then you know, I was also trying to find. Uh, I don't think that's a studio song. I think they just did that for the tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, maybe. Could take me to the river. Yeah. Yeah. All of those songs it's are great. All great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I say, though, if you are going to listen to it, you, you are better off watching it. It's very visual. Yeah. yeah. I read in uh, in his book, David Byrne wrote a book, How Music Works. Mm. And I remember at the time thinking, the grey, everybody's in like grey jumpsuits and so on. And it just looks gross because there's sweat patches yeah. and. But he wrote in the book, we didn't want to go with black because black, you blend into the background too much. We didn't want to go with white because the light bounces off white too much. So you attract That's too much people, attention. Yeah. So grey was the perfect medium. Well, you'd think so, but uh, Adrian Blue had a fantastic shell pink suit. And I feel that was the fan- that would have been that would have been the colour to go for. Oh, could you imagine David? I nearly said David Blaine. <laughs> David Byrne, yeah. It's David Blaine. Magic. Yeah. Can you imagine David Byrne in a salmon pink suit, though? Massively oversized one. Yeah, no, absolutely. No. Absolutely. No, it's got to be the boring colour. Doing the salmon them. dance. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see Jake just wiggle his hips, but I can assure you it was brilliant. <laughs> Stop oh. making sense is fantastic. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And, yeah, if you haven't heard it, Go and go and watch some of the videos because it is a hugely visual performance, mm. uh, as is most of Peter Gabriel's output and so on. Peter Frampton, Frampton Comes Alive, recorded in San Francisco, Long Island, and Plattsburgh. 1976. That's something to say. Stop making sense. I always thought that was recorded in Japan, but I think it's recorded in LA.
don't think it was, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was outside of America. I couldn't tell you where in America. No. It'd be in LA or New York. Yeah. Um, and something that comes up in, in most of my picks, I think except for one and possibly your picks too, mm. um, a lot of these uh, piece together. Yeah. Nirvana definitely is just the one. Oh, true. Is that just one? That was yeah, done across so. two days. No, it? I think that's just one. So Peter Frampton... I was introduced to Frampton Comes Alive by my father who acquired an MP3 of Do You Feel Like We Do and put it on a CD mix for me, not a, not a, not a mixtape, but a mix CD. Very nice. It was that same mix that introduced me to Metallica, Pink Floyd, and ACDC. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good, uh, good CD then. Great CD. I would have been about 10 or 11 when I was introduced to this album and The Darkness's Permission to Land had been rocketing up the charts. My dad sold me on this song by saying, the cover of the album is brilliant. He, he has Les Paul guitar and he looks like the singer from The Darkness, which he wasn't wrong. He no, really does. Yeah. And yeah. So, which I've never really thought about until you've just mentioned it. But yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Best opening to an album ever. It was mostly recorded live, except for three fragments of three different songs. That's another thing that comes up through my research of this, things like Kiss. Although they deny it, apparently most of their Kiss Alive album was done in the studio. Oh, probably. With just like a audience noise. audience yeah, noise, yeah. 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 yeah, of course it probably was. Yeah. So this one had three fragments. It was like a verse for one song. Um, another part for another song and so on. All right, okay. So it wasn't completely in the studio, but it also wasn't completely live. My first introduction to the talk box. Nice. Yeah, and talking guitar quickly followed up by Generator by the Foo Fighters. Nice. No Bon Jovi. Really living on a prayer is the, the go-to talk box song, isn't it? No. Was that, it was a talk box It song. was, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that didn't come around until later when I actually picked up on, hey, that's a talk box also. Oh, right. Generator and Joe Walsh. Is it? This is, so Peter Frampton, Frampton Comes Alive, mm -hmm. is the ultimate guitar album. <laughs> Even if you aren't familiar with Frampton or his songs, the album is easily digestible with fantastic songwriting, good mm. vibes, and exhilarating guitar playing. Yeah. yeah. Standout tracks for me, Do You Feel Like We Do, Show Me The Way, Something's Happening, Do Be Well, Winds Are Change, Baby I Love Your Way. Basically the album. No. The whole album. It's, it's just a double stand album. It's a double Ooh, album, it's a huge a double one. double album that should be a double album. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of, it's one of the three album. double albums that works. It's a double album that was initially going to be a single album, but the record company liked it so much that they actually sent him back out to do some more shows <laughs> because they wanted to make it a double album instead. Fair enough. Yeah. Fragment Comes Alive, great album. And it was um, when I was told Chloe, uh, my mawav, um, what we were doing, and she was like, he suggested Peter Frampton. Mm. And she was like, that's a good shout. I'm not going to pick it, but it's a good shout. Just yeah. because I, I already had my five in mind at that point, and I was. It's one of the top. Oh, it's, it's, on it is list. phenomenal, though. It's yeah, yeah. I can see. Well, once again, with same as Stop Making Sense, it, it appears on all the lists of good live albums. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah, yep. Good shout. All right. Um, I may as well get the other obvious one out of the way then. Nirvana. 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 Um, MTV. Live, unplugged in New York, or whatever it's unplugged live in New York. Not the Live and Loud MTV. Live and Loud was actually was a, I was considering. I was thinking oh, Live and Loud is really really good. Oh, um, but come on. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but mostly no. I mean, we we spoke about it a fair bit. When we were talking about sleep last night. Yeah. Once again, about half the album is covers. And about half of those covers are the meat puppets. So it's <laughs> half almost of the half of covers. Yeah, so yeah. it's almost like a Nirvana does the meat puppets album. Mm. Um, but it's just it's just phenomenal. Mm. You know, as I say, just what we were saying before, really showcased like the depth of things that they could do. Um, I'd say it's probably got some of his best vocal performances as well. If you listen to other live, either bootlegs or things like from the Muddy Banks, which is another just sort of mishmash of supposedly the best of their live stuff mm. but had a load of crap on it mm. right. um yeah much more to say really it's just standout track where did you where did last night uh, and Plateau we love Plateau oh yeah I suppose I should put one of their own songs in there no uh, it's got actually it does have the best live version of Come As You Are Oh, because he's not screaming it. Oh, because it just doesn't sound like shite. Because he's not yeah. like, ah, ah, yeah. yeah. He's singing it properly. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first time I heard it, my uncle had the copy of this. Um, first time I heard it, I I knew Nevermind quite well. Mm. And so I looked at the like track listing and I was like, huh? Oh, I don't know any of these other songs. I know Come As You Are, though, so I'll listen to that. And uh, of course it was acoustic, and again I was in my angry phase, and I was just like, "Oh, it's no good, it's no this good." This is gross. But since mellowing, it's no good to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's no good to me. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm going to go with another huge guitar album: The Allman Brothers, live at the Fillmore East. Which I don't think I've heard. 1971. 
to say. I don't think I've ever heard it. You like Derek Trucks? Everyone likes Derek Trucks. Yeah. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Uh. His uncle was the drummer on this record. Okay. And when Derek Trucks was something like 12 or 14, he actually joined the Allman Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder, no wonder he's wicked, though. Yeah. Like, you know, growing up in that environment, his, oh, his uncle committed suicide a couple of years ago. Yeah, good way to bring the tone down. Nice. Sorry, so. yeah, it was it was a bit of a kind of like huh? what a good vibe of like, oh man, he's doing all right. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. Well, Derek Trucks is doing all good. His uncle's not doing good. <laughs> so, the definition of a live band, the Allman Brothers, they had developed a huge following for their live performances, but really struggled to translate them onto the studio albums as so many bands do. Yep. Uh, they recorded recorded this record over a two-night residency. It still sounds clear and fresh as if it were recorded yesterday. It sounds really, really good. The band allegedly had a tendency to play until the plug was pulled. <laughs> so they'd just play and play and play, which led to their live shows getting packed out. Two of the seven songs on the double LP take up the whole side. <laughs> of a 12 inch yeah 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 it's pretty awesome uh i'm gonna hazard a guess jessica no 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 this is this is pre oh pre jessica yeah yeah whipping post and you don't love me oh right oh yeah yeah, yeah. so you don't love me by the way has got the coolest riff it's one of those riffs that once you once you get it under your fingers, you just can't stop playing it. But it is it is very jammy. Yep. It's very jammy. It's very kind of, I don't know if you can sit there and just like intensely listen to it. If you're doing something else, it's perfect because it's they kind of like for that song, for instance, they break it right down. Then they just go off on, on a tangent after the guitar solo and mm. then they break that down and then they go off on another tangent and it's for 16 minutes. They don't even come back to the song. It's just like it's like three songs in one that have just kind of spontaneously happened. The band claimed that the Fillmore performances were a combination of both a particularly great performance and a typical night. <laughs> so it was like it was a great performance, but it was also just them typically on a night. Um, so fantastic songs. Well, sadly, I've listed all of them because there's only seven of them. There's only seven songs and it's a double album. The second double album, and Jake and I have got a, got a bit of a thing where we most double albums that we come across we don't actually believe should be double albums. They should be single albums and they'd actually be better albums for that. But here I've listed Frampton Comes Alive so far, great double album, yep. and the Allman Brothers Live at the Fillmore East. Fantastic song, Stormy Monday. You Don't Love Me, In Memory of Elizabeth Reed, Whipping Post, Statesboro Blues, Done Somebody Wrong in Hotland. 
in that order as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very good. What we're saying is double albums work if they're live. If they're, well, if they're live and done well. Yeah. And done well. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Next, yeah. next, next album. So my next pick is going to be Daft Punk Alive. Which was the first album that popped into my head when you said okay. about doing best live albums. I used to listen to it all the time when this came out. It was huge. It was, at least, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in my, my house, my brother was really into it as well, and all, all of his friends, a lot of my friends. And I think it was sort of where Daft Punk started to become really massively massive because they, they were big before, uh, but I think when Human After All came out, that was a bit of a eh, mm. sort of album. People, mm. really, at least from my memory of it, I don't remember people being too enamoured with it. And then obviously they started doing the tours with the live show with the helmets and mm-hmm. the big pyramids that they were on top of with the laser shows. Mm-hmm. And they were doing all these crazy mashup of tunes together, um, which I think is, is something that um, they were famous for doing like when they were smaller. Right. Like they'd do like really crazy stuff like sample like they'd pull the cable out of something and then sample the noise it made. Oh, okay. Plug it back in and then use that for making the music live and right, stuff like that. Right, right, right. Uh, I think it was like a return to doing cool stuff like that. Um, and it was sort of like my first experience with that kind of live. Yeah. I'd been to a lot of live shows where it was all like guitar stuff and, and things like that. Um, and yeah, it was just like really like, wow kind of blew me away sort of thing. Yeah, so, well, I, I didn't get into Daft Punk until I think Get that, Lucky. I think that, that was when they were doing like, that was when they had their big Glastonbury show maybe that year. Yeah, Coachella. Oh, or Coachella even, did, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that was where the Pyramid sort of had its first big yeah big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the songs were fantastic. Yeah. And like I say, just the way they, they blend into each other mm. um, works really, really well. Um, in particular, uh, the funk and daft and direct. Time into aerodynamic. Is that, is that the order of it? I don't know. I should know because it's on my, my list of things, but um, in fact, they, those I think those two are supposed to just work together because that's how it was on the album, wasn't it? One more time into aerodynamic. I don't know much about Daft Punk. No, no. Well, they're French. There's two of them. Well, I know that. Uh, I know. I know. They tend to be robots. Yes. Um, Doing the robot dance. Yes. That they come from the distant future, the year 2000. Um, The distant future, the distant future. Uh, I just picked up on that. (laughs) I just picked up on that. Um, Yeah, it's just... And I'd say part of the reason I picked it as well was something a little bit different. It's not just another guitar album sort of thing. 
that's that's sort of it, really. It's just it's first thing came to my head. Really uh, big part of me being like sixteen. Mm. And just listening to that non-stop, non-stop, non-stop until my next pick came out. And okay. Then that, then that sort of became a... That took over. That became the live album for me. Uh, it sort of sort of ruined this one a little bit. Well... I'll get to that. Okay. Well, to segue then, I'm going to pick yet another guitar album. Okay. Yes. Uh, UFO, Strangers in the Night. Recorded in Chicago in 1979. Right. You, you know much about UFO? No, I can't say I do. No, the bass player died the other day. Oh. Um, Stop bringing it down, way. man. Stop bringing it well, down. It's, you know, it's natural. This record is a part of my musical DNA. At Thomas Goss's School of Rock, where I met Pubba, each band had to start by playing a UFO song. Okay. okay. That was like you, each band was given a set of songs to learn and then we eventually, once we learned them, we could play a show and then we started to write our own songs and blah, blah, blah. Right, okay. Um, but they were mainly picked UFO songs because Thomas Goss was way into them. So the first night I met Thomas Goss, I had to go and audition. I played Albatross by Fleetwood Mac, beautiful. And he just sat there and went, can, can you play anything harder, man? <laughs> so I think I ripped out Enter Sandman. Went to the back pocket, enter Sandman, and he went, okay, that's more like it. <laughs> Have you ever heard of UFO? And so thus began the UFO. My band was chosen to play Mother Mary by UFO. Awesome song. Guitarist Wunderkind and ex-Scorpion Mikhail Schenker left not long after this performance. He joined UFO when he was only 18 years old. Uh, Schenker allegedly refused to record overdubs for this performance, meaning that this is a totally accurate representation of his live guitar work. Nice. And it's incredible. It's incredible. Sadly, the album, like many live albums, is a patchwork, not just one show, but many. I'm not on the inside of, an in- of the industry, but I'd like to hear a performance with the, all of the perfections and all of the imperfections. So look at Phil Collins' performance at Live Aid. He fudges a note, gives a smile and carries on, making the performance even more human and intimate despite being in a packed Wembley Stadium. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Essential tracks. Mm. Rock bottom. Right. Yeah. Despite Schenker actually hating this performance and kicking up a big stink about it, it is incredible. Mother Mary, Lights Out, Doctor Doctor, and This Kids. Really good. Another double album. Have you just picked double albums? I haven't just picked double albums, but... One of them's a triple. (laughs) You say that. (laughs) (laughs) But it might be. Think of live triple albums. Uh... I oh, you wouldn't get it. No? I, th- I think I've got one single album and the rest are double albums. If not, one of them might be a triple album. Okay, your pick. So my next pick is Justice Across the Universe. Just because I say I was getting into a big uh, Daft Punk thing at the time and listening to Alive a lot and Discovery. 
not human after all, it's pants and not homework because I didn't have a copy of homework. I think my dad probably did. Don't be asked to look through his CD collection. He's a massive CD collection. I couldn't be bothered to look through it at the time. Right. It's before streaming, obviously. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'd have just streamed it. And Justice was starting to become quite big, so they had... Um, We Are Your Friends been out maybe not long a couple of years before that uh, which was like um, then it was Justice versus Simeon Mobile Disco We Are Your Friends that was like during the rounds and they, they had quite a few other big remixes for people that they had done okay um, and obviously they released an album I hadn't actually heard the album Cross a phenomenal album uh, but then yeah my brother got the live album and man it was so Good. Mm. Just the way everything, um, of, again, I think it's another one where it's all just one thing because of the way it all flows in together. Right. Maybe not. I think there are a few bits where it's broken up with crowd noises, so it might not all be mm. the same performance. But, um, man, it's so good. Um, I, and unlike with the Daft Punk one, they'd put in a load of samples for things like Metallica. So at one point okay. it starts doing like the Master of Puppets. Oh. You know, and they just put like this really exaggerated very much what Lars would have done, mm. but with, you know, digital drums instead. So it's just like massive bass and, oh, okay. yeah, and yeah. the snare that isn't pang. <laughs> pang. Metallica um, pang. That's a sting. <laughs> yeah. So I say I did eventually go and see them live when they were touring their second album, and it was just amazing. Mm. I was saying with, uh, with they had all these amps on stage. I was like, oh, they've got all these amps on stage. Before. It's just two blokes and computers and keyboards and stuff and they were just uh, it was light shows they had lights built into the amp so they had all this stuff going on with them doing all this cool cool stuff mm-hmm. but it was amps but they weren't amps or cabs rather than amps and yeah it's say it's not like super emotive or anything like that it's just non-stop dance party brilliant dance party yeah, yeah. you know if you Get a few drinks and you stick that on. It's like, yes, <laughs> you know, have a little party in your living room, have a little yeah. rave or something. Not a rave, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, Standout tracks? Uh, stress, stress, absolutely stress. Or um, the opening track, Genesis. Um, Genesis. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> hmm? No, 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 Phil, no, Phil Collins, <laughs> no, Peter Gabriel. Uh, or um, D-A-N-C-E. Okay. Which is obviously dance. Dance. Yes. Alrighty. My next choice, and this is my second to last choice, is friend of the show, Dave. Oh, God, No. What, the rapper? Mm, no. Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band. Okay. 
really, well, this is Dave Matthews Band Live Tracks Volume 10 in Pavilion Atlantico in 2007. Really, it should just be like your pick of just Weezer. Just, <laughs> yeah. just Dave Matthews. Just Dave Matthews. Yeah. There's many live uh, things he's put out. Yes. Um, this album was recorded in Portugal and features a ton of my favourite picks of the band. Everyday, Dream Girl, When the World Ends, Grey Street, Lionel Graves, which is 16 and a half minutes long. Yes. <laughs> Uh, number 41, Stay Wasting Time, Ants Marching, Two Step, Too Much, So Much to Say. This live tracks is volume 10 out of 52. <laughs> there are, and that's just the live track series, right? They've got other live releases as well. But, yeah. 52. Yeah, they're the definition of a jam band. Great incarnation of the band with Dave Matthews, Carter Beauford, Stefan Lessard, Butch Taylor on the keyboards, Rashawn Ross on the trumpet and the late Leroy Moore on the uh, saxophone. Picks for me, Love Every Day, they get the crowd singing. So Every Day was a song uh, that used to be another song and then they reworked it. So the crowd, the fans, the fans that call them Dave, sing the old song over the top of the new song. It's quite cool the way that it works. Um, Stay Wasting Time is brilliant, but Lionel Graves, and when I saw Dave Matthews in London 2015, they did a similar 20-minute version of Lionel right. Graves' guitar solos galore. Yeah. It was brilliant. My wife hated it. I was in, like, total euphoria. So, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I do like Dave. Good old Dave. Pubble will hate me, but I don't care. Yeah. What's his beef with Dave Matthews? Overplay Central. Ah, right. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Right. This is it. This is it. Is it my last? This is your last. My one? last one. Um. Got on it now. No. Uh, so, final pick: Neil Young, Live Rust. Um, so I came up with my first four. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really good. And I was trying to think, what other live albums do I actually like? Because <laughs> 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 um, I'm so used to like listening to studio. Like, I, I love going to gigs and stuff and mm. being at live things, but listening to live recordings, I quite often kind of go, oh, no, I'll just listen to the studio version. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I was having a bit of a think, and... Good old Spotify. So I've got one spot in my house where uh, I put my phone on the radiator. Spotify will just about work. So I had a um, had a playlist going on Spotify, and Neil Young came on. Oh, which was uh, fortunate. Yeah. Uh, so so Papa hates me, but he's going to love you. He's going to love me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, hang on, no, Neil Young had a really, really. He, had a, he has a lot of live albums. He has quite not as many as Dave, but well. He's, 50 live tracks. He's got, he's yeah. got a lot. 52. Um, I was like, he's got that really, really good one. So I waited for Spotify to, to load. I was like, load up his discography. I was going mm. through it. I was like, Live Rust. Live Rust, that's the one. Yeah. So I played, uh, I had to listen to it for the first time in a very long time. Man, it's just so good. It's like the, the perfect combo of acoustic Neil, electric Neil. Yeah. Um, Favourite Neil Young song on there. So that's always a bonus. He Cortez the Killer my song you should go go listen to it um, it's not my song obviously it's Neil Young's Crazy Horses song but 
Yeah, and it's got like so many classics on there, mm-hmm. which I now I'm going to forget every single one of. Um, so hey, hey, my my, hey, hey, my my, and my my, hey, hey, yep, both versions. Um, the damage Needland and the, damage. the needle done. Yeah, damage the needle, needle done. Oh, yeah. damn it! I did that a couple of weeks ago as well. <laughs> um, it's got um, after the gold rush, mm-hmm. uh, Sugar Hill Mountain. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I think it's called something like that. Anyway, it's got loads of great stuff on there. Cool. I can't tell you too much more information about it, but it's just like peak Neil Young at the height of his powers. All right. Back when Neil Young was indeed young. No rocking in the free world. So it doesn't elevate it to double album status, I'd imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, rocking in the free world once they start playing it. You've got a good half hour. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, um, there was a tour that just went around New Zealand actually during COVID because New Zealand was, well, was COVID free. So there, or maybe it was pre COVID. They were just basically playing that for but four hours. It was solid. like members of the Phoenix Foundation and Neil Finn's son, Liam Finn, mm. and so on, formed this band, and they just played the live Rust set. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's quite cool. It's iconic. It is iconic. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I'm a bit, bit ashamed of myself that I forgot it was a thing. Uh, but, thanks Spotify yeah. for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> friends of the show. Our friends of the show, Spotify, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Nice. Seriously, seriously, hit us up. Yeah. You gave Joe Rogan sweet, sweet some discount. of that sweet 100 mil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all we're asking for is free Spotify. It's free Spotify. Yeah, that's yeah. all I ask. Yeah. That was just 50 quid so I can buy some lunch, you know, oh, not just one lunch. 50 quid for one lunch, yeah, yeah geez. Yeah. Oh, you know, I've got, I'm a man of expensive tastes. Yeah. Mm. That's not true at all. <laughs> all right. Well, then we'll move on to my last one. I'm going to make a prediction. You're going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction. Now, you've already said no, uh, no Gabriel. So, Eagles? <laughs> no, they're on my special mentions. Oh, uh, honor, honorary mentions. I yeah. made, I made two Cash. lists of honorary mentions. They've no more? No. No. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll know what it is as soon as you you'll say know, it because I'll have heard it. You'll know what it is, uh, yeah, absolutely. My last pick is Johnny Cash oh, from Folsom Prison. Prison, of course. Yeah, 1968. Uh, when you think of Johnny Cash, it's probably this album or at least the cover that you project in your mind. Yeah. When I walked the line, the film came out. I asked my parents about cash, and they all they said was false in prison. Yeah, it's like iconic. Yeah, yeah, hugely so. During the lead up to the performance, the musicians apparently entered two days of rehearsals, which was largely unheard of for Cash. He didn't didn't like to rehearse. No, he did not. No. Uh, and California Governor and future POTUS Ronald Reagan stopped by to offer his support for the performance. Nice. Just happened to be staying in the same hotel, apparently. All right. Yeah. I mean, Folsom Prison Blues. I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die in the audience. Yeah. 
Then there's the Cocaine Blues, Jackson, I Got Stripes. It's just a good, good album. And if you're like us and you're like Nick Cave, kind of Johnny Cash is almost the original kind of troubadour, murder ballad, so on. You know, you can hear a lot of influence in there, but I, I like it. It's a good album. Was that a double album, murder ballad? Murder ballads, I don't know. You got it behind you, yeah. While Jake looks for Nick Cave murder ballads, great bands with good live albums, The Beatles, Live at the Hollywood Bowl from 2015, Crowded House, Farewell to the World, Pink Floyd, Pulse in 1994, Bill Withers, Live at Carnegie Hall, The Eagles, Hell Freezes Over. And then I've also done a list of great albums with video release, Peter Gabriel, Secret World Live, Nirvana Unplugged, Talking Heads Stop Making Sense, NXS Live Baby Live, and The Foo Fighters in Hyde Park, which was huge. Yeah. Two records. Okay. So, Jake, we need to now put these into order to form a definitive top 10 live albums. Okay. So what I would like you to do is put your five into your order and I'll put my five into my order. And then Now, Jake, we need to do our shootouts. Woohoo. Uh, in fifth place for you, Jake, you have... Daft Punk. And I've put Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison. Ah, oh, Folsom Prison wins. Okay, so... <laughs> so Daft Punk... Daft Punk's great, but... 10. And Johnny Cash... I'm surprised. I thought you'd have had that higher. No, not compared to the other ones. Fair enough. Johnny Cash in at number nine. Number four for you then, Jake. Number four for me was Neil Young, <laughs> Rive Rust. This is the ultimate pubber <laughs> shootout. Neil Young versus Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> I know which order I'm going in. Uh, I, th- I think I'm going to have to bat with pubber on this one. All right. I think... So Dave Matthews Band sits in at eighth, and Neil Young. If you if you disagree, feel free to say so. <laughs> okay, number three, Jake. Number three for me. Stop making sense. And for me, number three, UFO. And I'm oh, just going to override. I'm going to override, UFO, I'm gonna so. override it and just put Talking Heads above UFO because <laughs> Talking Heads is wicked. Okay, number two. Justice Across the Universe. And I've got the Allman Brothers. Which, once again, I've not heard the Allman Brothers, but I do like the Allman Brothers. So, and I can't imagine you would be a fan of Justice. So, in in the interest of fairness here, we'll go uh, (laughs) Justice, then the Allman Brothers. Yep. And then, here we go. The go. battle for top spot. Nirvana. Nirvana versus and Peter Frampton. Versus Frampton. I've got to go with Nirvana. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, less of an ultimate shootout. Yeah. I mean, that that's not surprising. That yeah. Nirvana's come out top. I mean, it is the best live album ever made. So, <laughs> well, According to this list, certainly, yeah. Probably according to a lot of lists. Yeah. <laughs> 
So just to run that down for you once more, we have Daft Punk in at 10, Johnny Cash in at 9, Dave in at 8, Neil in at 7, UFO in at 6, Talking Heads at 5, Justice at 4, Allman Brothers at 3, Peter Frampton at 2, and Nirvana at 1. That's a pretty good list. What we should have done is before you had number one, you know, um, that SpongeBob clipper, it's like presenting the Krabby Patty. It's like, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. There we have it. Next time, uh, top 10 Dave Matthews live songs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was hard enough to actually pick a pick a specific album because I'm going to get raked over the coals by Dave fans, but my favourite Dave Matthews band album is Every Day from like 2001. Okay. It's not very well liked in comparison because you have the old school fans that are old school then you have the newer fans and this one is very poppy i mean dave's playing an electric guitar for most of it so mm. you know that's that kind of goes against dave matthew's way man <laughs> sold out man yeah. oh and it's it's got the only song out of their entire back catalog that they haven't played live oh which is like my favorite dave matthew's song yeah and they've never played it live yeah why not no Oh, I think it can, but you know. Join us next time for the top 10 most overrated albums. Ooh. Number two will shock you. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs>